Sounds like the future. Welcome back to this podcast from Purdue University's College of Engineering. In episode two, we're probing the future in the School of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Our guest is a leading expert in electronic imaging, Dr. Edward J. Delp. As director of Purdue's Video and Imaging Processing Laboratory, he is making news of the forefront of media analysis techniques with urgent security implications. Namely, detecting visual manipulation in so-called deepfake videos. His renowned research also helps the world see things more clearly and productively in biomedicine, among other fields. He's the Charles William Harrison Distinguished Professor of Electrical and Computer Engineering, in conversation here with your podcast host, journalist Bill Schmidt. Welcome, uh, Professor Delp, uh, Professor Edward J. Delp. Um, of the uh, School of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Uh, and we really appreciate uh, talking with you as part of this uh, series of podcasts about really uh, the uh, uh, Purdue Engineering Initiatives uh, in particular, but we're doing a, a pretty deep dive into the past, present, and future of the College of Engineering. And uh, you're very much uh, a part of uh, the uh, the future applications of a very interesting field that I understand has deep roots at Purdue, but couldn't be more timely in the news right now. It's uh, it's part of your directorship of the uh, video and image processing laboratory here at Purdue. Yeah. Could you talk for a moment about that uh, Viper, as they say, Viper Lab? Yes. Um, it, it's a laboratory where we do a lot of work in uh, digital imaging and video and image and video analysis. We work on a whole series of projects, everything from uh, looking at advanced microscopy techniques uh, to uh, looking at uh, being able to track uh, somebody's dietary habits, and in particular if they had a disease like, uh, you know, uh, type 1 diabetes. We're also working on some visual um, intelligence and surveillance stuff for the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, and so we have a, ho- a large portfolio of projects. Uh, you know, currently I have uh, 23 PhD students working in a laboratory. And we have funding, uh, you know, currently about 12 or 15 active, uh, active funded projects. Mm, that's exciting. Yeah. And as far as the uh uh, particular uh, timeliness that I noticed, even simply as a as a viewer of the news, uh, one of the one of the uh, skills and uh, uh, advances that you that you bring to uh, current media is uh, very much security related. Am I right? the The whole idea of uh, detecting. Uh, it's not fake news, but one could one could colloquially say fake videos. Yeah, yeah. We've been working in this area known as media forensics for probably about 25 years. Uh, my laboratory is one of the leading labs in this area of media forensics. We currently have a large project that's funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, in particular DARPA. It's called Metaphor. And uh, I'm leading a large international team, uh, consists of about six universities, and we're looking at various problems in uh, in media forensics. So some of the problems we're looking at are including um, uh, how can you tell if an image has been modified or altered? Has there things been spliced into the images? Has there things been edited out of the image? 
We've also done things on what is known as sensor, attrib attrib uh, sensor attribution. In other words, if you give me a image or a video, I can tell you exactly which camera took the picture. So we've been working on that problem for a while. Um, the particular thing you're asking about is this, this thing is referred to in the popular press as deep fakes, where people are using uh, tools, uh, and, and sometimes the tools are based on machine learning and sometimes they're not, uh, to be able to uh, produce manipulated uh, videos. And we have been working on this problem for a while. We have a technique that can detect whether or not a video has been manipulated uh, or changed. Uh, and like I said, we've been working on, on these problems for a while. So we have a algorithm is one of the better ones out there, I like to believe. And so we've been we're working on this problem. But this whole idea of looking at uh, media forensics, again, I've been doing this for more than 25 years. That's okay. Yeah, one of the things that uh, uh, Dean uh, Chang and Dean, uh, our interim uh, Dean uh, Mark um, Lundstrom uh, were saying uh, is that the, uh, we've got the, the new uh, PEI uh, initiatives going on uh, where there's going to be a lot of coordination of interdisciplinary work, but by gosh, that's definitely not intended to uh, uh, in any way discourage in, uh, individual professors uh, from uh, developing their own special fields of uh, expertise uh, even further because everything is is connected to everything else, I guess. Sure. Uh, ha have you indeed uh, seen uh, that? Uh, uh, and, and do you expect to see that the PEIs and this 120th anniversary of the uh, creation of the college, uh, all of these things are coming together for a lot of... Um, kind of uh, synergies. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that. And, you know, we're doing a lot of interdisciplinary uh, collaboration. I, I, uh, I have other projects where we're working on farming. So we work a lot with the agronomy school here, uh, the agronomy department here in the College of Agriculture. So we have a very large grant for the Department of Energy to actually look at problems in, in precision farming. We're flying drones over, uh, over fields of crops, and we're then estimating properties of those fields of crops. I also, I mentioned to you the work we're doing on microscopy. That work is collaboration with the Indiana University School of Medicine. And I've had that collaboration for almost 15 years. So we've been doing these types of collaborations. We also have uh, collaborations in, uh, in, uh, within biomedical engineering. I'm also a faculty member in bio biomedical engineering. So we have a lot of collaborations both within Purdue and internationally. So right, right now on the international side, I'm actively collaborating with about probably 11 different groups throughout the world. Mm. So, like I said, we have a very large set of projects of which this sort of multimedia security is, is just one of them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like I said, we have interest in precision farming, we have lots of interest in medical imaging, and we have interest in security and uh, sort of uh, visual intelligence type type things. Mm. Uh, all, of, all of those things having real international uh, collaboration possibilities yes. and necessities. Huh? Uh, yes. it, uh, it makes me think of the other uh, current uh, news uh, about the college, which is um, Mung's uh, uh, sabbatical to work with the uh, State Department, mm -hmm. especially on security-related sure. right. uh, uh, technology right. issues. Uh, you, you, uh, with, the, with that video uh, forensics 
uh, that's something that you're working with, what, how many other countries who are equally uh, interested in security issues, huh? Right. Well, our main collaborators on that project are in Italy and Brazil, but we, you know, we're looking at this whole area that I guess the, in the popular press is sometimes called fake news. We have a newer project that's going to be starting where we're going to be looking not only at video and images, we're going to be looking at uh, printed material text, and we're also going to be looking at um, audio. We have an, a, a project that's um, parallel uh, with the, the current work on this uh, media forensics uh, that's also being funded by, uh, by DARPA. And here what we're doing is we're working with the Department of Health and Human Services and we're developing tools for them, for them for the, uh, so they can analyze the scientific publication to see if there's any fraudulent activity in the, in the scientific publication. Uh, one of the things that has happened, particularly in the bio, well, it's happened everywhere in, in, in scientific publishing, uh, but there's, there's been a lot of things in the popular press about uh, bad actors in the biomedical research community to sometimes publish uh, papers in scientific journal uh, where they modified or, or, or their work. And we are developing tools that will allow the Department of, Homeland, or Department of Health and Human Services to be able to look at some of these medical and biomedical publications and detect whether or not there's been any irregularities in the papers. Fascinating. Yeah, so wow. we're, we're working on that. We're also working on a similar, somewhat related project where we're looking at satellite imagery, and there we're working with one of the U.S. intelligence agencies on uh, some work having to do with looking at satellite imagery to see if it's been modified or altered. Mm, and then, of course, biomedical and health issues uh, couldn't be bigger and uh, sure. uh, destined to to grow internationally. Would, could you give an example of how the Viper Lab uh, is, is working well, on those advances? So for about about 10 years now, we've been looking at uh, techniques, uh, for example, that allow you to take a cell phone and be able to take pictures of your food. And then based on those pictures of your food, we can estimate what you're eating, in particular your diet, the calorie content, and Ooh. things like that. We've been working on that for, for a long time. And uh, we've been looking at that in the context of a lot of things uh, not so much just um, sort of these fun apps that people have talked about. We're more interested in people that have uh, uh, health care issues related to diet. And so we've been looking at people that have eating disorders, people with food poisoning, people with diabetes. Uh, and so the, this tech, this, these methods, we, and we're continuing to work on them. We continue to have some funding to work in this area. Uh, and so that's another example of some of the things we're doing um, in, in this is general imaging, image analysis, computer vision area. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's great. How do you feel uh, the, uh, about just in general the field of uh, engineering um, writ large? Is it uh, obviously one of the motivations for the uh, PEI initiative is that technology of all of the kinds that, that, that you've uh, described it's just moving so fast, and yeah, yeah and, uh, how does a college, and how does a laboratory, and how does any individual engineer uh, keep pace with with the, the quickening pace? Well, I mean, we struggle too to keep keep up, and you know, um, and it's all it's hard work keeping up, and we but we also have very good collaborations and in cooperation uh, with some of these companies, and like uh, Google and Facebook and, and Apple. Um, but I, I think it, yes, it, it, it can be overwhelming. And I think, uh, in, in some cases, uh, maybe the average person, uh, has, has trouble keeping up. 
you know, one of the things I'm concerned about in this whole area of looking at fake media or manipulated media, uh, media um, I don't like to use the word fake because it has too many other implications, but um, I, I think, you know, we may end up in, in, in the not too far future coming um, coming to the conclusion where people won't believe what, what is, is in uh, is in media unless they've actually witnessed themselves. And that's really not good for our society. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's one of the things that why we've been working on these problems. I, I, I think that they're very important, have lots of implications. I know particularly in this uh, – in this whole area of looking at manipulated media, people are always talking about two topics. One is, you know, for example, the presidential race in 2020 and how this might affect this. Uh, there's also people have been talking about uh, certain types of criminal behavior, uh, such as people making fake revenge porn or something along that line. But I think there are other things. I mean, so for instance, what happens if some group would make a video of a, of a company CEO making some comment about how the company recently had a product failure uh, that might affect their stock market. That's their stock on the stock market. It could have an economic impact. So I think there's a lot of things that are going to happen in the future uh, that we're going to have to be, uh, you know, we're going to have to develop methods to be able to uh, combat them. And, and I think things are changing very rapidly, and it's going to be interesting to see how this, how people keep up, how society keeps up. Um, so, yeah. It, it's worrisome. Yeah, it, it, I imagine. And it sounds like not only do you have to keep pace with the threats, but you kind of have to be so proactive as to anticipate the threats uh, before they can be used against a country or a company. or Right. I mean, of, right? we're seeing there's all kinds of uh, – we're seeing all kinds of, of these things. I mean, just look at how people have over the years used the telephone. To commit crimes, uh, and how you know, you, you know that I guess the classical thing is still going on here in the U.S. is the old Social Security scam, where people That's are calling you and they're saying they're from the Social Security office, and they get you to provide private information. I mean, it, th- that happens all the time, and so I, I think these are you know as the tools get more sophisticated, the technology gets more sophisticated. It's going to be interesting. I mean, we've all gotten these bizarre emails from Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, just think about that if. If one-tenth of one percent of those people respond, those guys are doing pretty well as far as an income, an illegal income. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think people are going to be using uh, these, these new technologies, which have many, many good things. We're going to be careful about people using them. There will be bad actors that will try to exploit the technology. Yeah. Harking back to uh, some uh, past and current uh, concerns like the, uh, the scams, uh, reminds me, I wanted to ask you, uh, you, you're familiar with some of the very interesting historic, uh, historical uh, Purdue engagements with media. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Please talk for a minute about the media roots of Purdue Engineering. So, uh, you know, if you, if you look at probably one of the, if you talk about imaging in, in general and you look at uh, one of the one of the systems that's probably had a tremendous impact um, on the world has been television. And Purdue University was at the forefront of the development of television. Uh, Professor Roscoe George, who was at one time the head of the electrical engineer, was called the electrical engineering department at the, in the 1920s. Uh, he and um, some of his other faculty members, uh, they actually built a very early television 
Uh, it uh, Unfortunately, it used to be on display in the MSW, MSWE building, but when they did the remodeling, they had to remove it. I think they're going to be putting it back. Uh, what was interesting about that is what these guys needed to build a cathode ray tube for the TV uh, that they were building. And, of course, you couldn't go to Radio Shack and buy one. So it turns out one of the faculty members here was an amateur glass blower. So they blew their own glass to make their own CRTs. And those those CRTs, those gl the glass they blew is on display, hanging up in the basement of the of the electrical engineering building. People can go down and look at it. Wow. Most people walk right right by it. Wow. Um, so they worked on television for a long time. The Purdue Research Foundation, uh, I believe, owned some of the patents, very early patents on on TV at one time. Uh, I think in the 1930s, uh, the only television station broadcasting east of the Mississippi River was the one in West Lafayette, Indiana. That is so Purdue has done a lot of work in that area. And then moving forward a little bit in the 1950s, uh, you know, Purdue has been working in the area of digital imaging since the mid to late 1950s. I think our first Ph.D. dissertation in digital imaging was in 1957. Wow. So we've been working in this area of imaging and in digital image processing, digital image analysis, for nearly 100 years, uh, very close to 100 years. Um, and so we've been, we have a rich history of this. We have uh, historically had, had a very excellent uh, group of people doing work in this area here at, in West Lafayette. And I see that continuing with some of the new hires that we've done recently in this area of, of, uh, of data science. But uh, like I said, there's very, ri very rich history of, uh, of imaging, uh, imaging-related type things here at Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, the the area of uh, electrical and computer engineering is an area where uh, people don't realize what a, a kind of uh, heroic role engineers and engineering can play in. Uh, essential security issues and uh, just international relations. Uh, it, it, it sounds like, um, and Purdue is, is very much at, at the forefront of those things. It, looking, looking ahead 10 years or, or 20 years, what do you see as a kind of um, model for the College of Engineering and, and for engineers uh, in terms of what they what they bring the, the, the skills they bring, but also the uh, attitudes and competencies that they bring? Well, I mean, if you start right, right today, if you, um, you know, if you buy a mobile phone right now, a high-end mobile phone, let's say from Apple or you buy a Google Pixel phone, uh, there are Purdue electrical engineers who have worked on that imaging system in that phone. I know because some of them are my former students. So, you know, we're having an impact now on things that people are doing. I think in the future, uh, uh, particularly let's say in the area of imaging, image analysis, computer vision type stuff, uh, Purdue will continue to to have an impact in things like medical devices, like magnetic resonance imaging machine, MRI um, uh, systems, all the way to uh, to newer cameras. Uh, you know, eventually, uh, and you can say this is good or this is bad, but there are going to be cameras everywhere. Uh, you know, you're going to have. Uh, it's very difficult. Uh, well, okay, in the U.S., it's impossible right now, I believe, to buy a car that doesn't have a camera because all ca cars are required, I think, by law now to have a backup camera. But many cars are going to have cameras that are looking forward to do some of this autonomous driving we're talking about. Right. So there's lots and lots of demand going to be 
for Purdue engineers that have experience in image, imaging and image analysis in, in the future. We're going to have more and more cameras. Um, some of that's not going to be good. And we can talk about our surveillance society and some of the implications with that. But it's going to happen. And, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, we've already seen this, uh, you know, just the uptake of how people use their cell phone cameras. You know, how many, it's, I, one, one of the great things about my job, it's a really great thing about my job, is I get to hang around with a lot of really intelligent young people. And, um, and you, what I'd love talking about is how they use technology. And it's a lot different than the way you and I use technology in some ways. Um, but the impact of the, of the f- camera and the phone has been dramatic and impressive. And so, and Purdue has had a lot of impact and input in, uh, in that area. So and I think we will continue to do that. Again, I'm, I'm, I, of course, the, the College of Engineering across the board is going to have lots of impact in lots of areas, but I'm talking about the area that I'm working in. Um, and, and I think we will, we will continue to do that. Uh, you know, we're already seeing, uh, you know, Apple had a, uh, just released, a, released an iPhone that has three cameras in it. So we're going to have, you know, we're going to have more and more of these imaging devices eventually you know, everybody might might end up wearing an imaging device. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but it may happen. And we're going to see more and more of a uh, of an impact of this. And, and Purdue engineers will be at the forefront of that. But in closing, I just uh, it occurs to me that one of the maxims, uh, at least uh, in uh, punditry and, and sociology, et cetera, is that uh, oh the the amount of uh, screen time that young people are uh, experiencing now from from an early age that's got to be dumbing them down and uh, dumbing down society. But you've seen folks, uh, young young people who uh, have uh, let the media age really spark uh, their creativity at their best. Yes. Is there is there a middle ground there, or what well, was no, your I, experience? I think there I think there can be a middle ground, and and, and I and I think that um, you know. But again, we see students that, that come to Purdue and get accepted at Purdue that have you know passed all the hurdles to get here. So you know, I, I think um, you know there are some. I, I totally agree with with some of the reports about maybe people are using have, maybe they do have too much screen time. Uh, but I also think some of these tools have been have been very good. They've been very good for society. I think they've been very good uh, uh, for our, for our existence in a sense. Uh, with any type of technology, you, there also has to be moderation. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, on Friday afternoon when you go home, turning the phone off and leaving it off until Saturday morning or leaving it off until Sunday afternoon. I, 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 I'm a proponent of that. Um, I wish I did more of it. I know my wife wish I did more of it. But I, but I, I think you have to, you know, we have to use technology to a certain extent in, in, in moderation. Um, and anything can be abused, but I, I just see it. I think our, our, our society's gotten better. Um, you know, we can diagnose a lot more diseases now because of the imaging technologies that we've been able to develop. And I think also, um, you know, we can, we can, um, we can sense more things. We can look at our environment better, all the rest of this type of things. You know, some of the things that, that we are doing, let's say in precision farming, you know, we're, we're, specifically targeting one application area being, uh, you know, a relatively single-family farm in Africa that may have issues with drought and a bunch of other things. How can they use our technology tools 
in a way to improve their crop yields, among other things. So I think, you know, you got to take the technology. It, you do have to moderate your use, uh, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep moving forward. There's no doubt about no, that. Right. And Purdue engineers are going to have an impact. Yeah. Thank you so much. Sure. Your work is uh, clearly uh, key to at least three, if not all five, of the uh, uh, engineering initiatives, the PEIs, uh, that we're talking about in this series. And it's very exciting. And it's fun to, fun to talk with you about uh, a lot of uh, creative, uh, imaginative, and valuable work that you and your lab are doing. Thank you for taking the time. Okay. Thank you very much. The future is just beginning at the Purdue College of Engineering. We'll be back in the School of Electrical and Computer Engineering in the next episode. Our original theme music, More to Come, is by C. Chris Peters. I'm your audio producer, Paul Geesting. See you in the future. <laughs>